How is it going everyone? It is once again me, Chewy, and I am one of the hosts of this horror podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And what we do on here is typically we look at a film or really anything having to do with the horror genre and dissect it and talk about it and also connect it to real life stuff either in our previous past personal experiences or through stuff that we've read here and there. Before we start though, I want to ask you guys to check out our Linktree page because under you'll find all of our links to our social media stuff like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And you can also find a link to our online store so you can buy some sweet EMBO swag for yourself. So without anything further ado, here is a little commercial break and we can sink into the discussion of this episode's feature which is the 1985 horror film titled the stuff. Stick around. Okay, Mariah, so we are now here at your segment for this episode, and I'm very happy to have you back, first of all. I am too. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we start, though, you want to make a comment on how you're enjoying your Thursday evenings lately? Um, yeah, I, I noticed that, um... I think when I get like um, sugar in my system, I tend to be a little bit more open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have this one drink and it has a bit of sugar, so I feel like it will kind of help me just be comfortable and not get so scared <laughs> um, with being honest about like horror movies and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. Um... If you guys haven't listened to the last episode, which will be out by the time this one comes out. Well, first of all, uh, I ran into some social commitments unexpectedly. So I had to postpone the release of the last episode. So <laughs> the last one's already out. This is the new episode, <laughs> which will be out as of the moment of this recording in a couple of weeks. But uh, Mariah and I made that discovery about herself. So... <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah once once sugar late night drinks hit me i'm just a little bit more open-minded i noticed <laughs> and that's a good thing i think because it kind of helps out with i don't know usually i'm kind of like scared i don't know i don't know why but i, I don't know it's just me but it's it's cool <laughs> so yes we made the discovery uh, in the course of the conversation of the last episode so i think this might be the formula from now on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So myself, uh, I am enjoying this beer called Texicali from Freetail Brewing Corporation. And I bought it because it looks like Dia de los Muertos meets uh, Surfers or something like that. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. so cool. You have to send me a picture. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's gonna. It's, it has like a cowboy guy like guy looking uh at a girl that's got sort of holding a surfing board and they both look like dia de los muertos skeletons so that's pretty neat oh wow uh-huh. that's and, pretty interesting <laughs> and the beer itself is quite tasty so I'm, I'm glad that i picked this up yesterday at the local liquor place very brown and tasty so i guess it's time to start tomorrow we can't keep the audience waiting forever on our Point <laughs> <favorite> drinks. <laughs> <laughs> this has now become a alcoholic podcast. No, I'm just kidding. 
Yeah. <laughs> and also like sugary wine. Yeah. Sugar sugar rush. So yeah. we are covering the film The Stuff this week, aren't are we not? Yes. It's it's a wild one with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one I get the feeling that you might be in the fence about. I don't know before I ask you anything, but I'm just gonna give you my guess as to what your reaction was and i my guess was that, that you mariah were wondering what is going on with this movie what is happening who is this person so, i would definitely agree for sure 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. it had to be all over the place <laughs> <laughs> so what are your first impressions on this whipped cream <laughs> <laughs> so a cool whip yeah, it's it's so weird. It was this was probably again a, those cheesy eighties horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, why do you think so many of these movies were made around this time period? I think it's because it was the trend at that time. I believe to be so laid back and chill and kind of cheesy <laughs> <laughs> and also there were just i think maybe one or two scenes actually from this entire film which spoke to me which was horror but other than that it's it's so funny <laughs> um it's it's not the greatest <laughs> funny <laughs> horror film but it definitely speaks volumes of what of how the 80s could have been i mean i don't know i was born in the 90s so it's it's a little different but i can only imagine and i love 80s horror blood so this was more of a comedy i'd say for me definitely yes so i've mentioned before if you listener have been following our podcast for a while but in case you haven't i was born in the 80s 1984 to be exact Best year ever in life, in history. Uh, <laughs> because I was born, actually. Uh, <laughs> but this movie was made in 1985. So a few months to a year after I was born. And having grown up in Mexico in the 80s and 90s, we received American media a couple of years after it was released here on TV. So... I don't ever remember watching this movie on TV growing up, but I do have a memory that I would like to share with you, Mariah, if you would let me. Of course. So, I was a little kid, and back then, in the late 80s, early 90s, I must have been like six years old, maybe five or six, and we would go to a, a video store that was owned by this guy that my parents knew. So, it was a mom and pop's video story. It wasn't anything like a blockbuster or anything like that. We didn't actually get blockbuster in Mexico until maybe the late 90s. But they had this, this place, right? You would walk into it and you would be able to pick whichever movie you wanted. They had it divided by sections. So, it was basically a big room, maybe the size of, of a small classroom. Or uh, actually, it's maybe like an office. Right? It wasn't that big of a room, like, like a big office. But they had a lot of movies still. 
so I do remember that I was always drawn to the horror ones. I don't know why. I was I was always <laughs> drawn to the horror movies. And I remember vividly watching or, or not watching but walking around the, the aisles in this video store and seeing the cover for this film and it looked terrifying to me have you seen the cover for this by the way yes i believe it's it's the guy with like with the whipped cream coming out of his eyes yes his eyes and his mouth and he looks like he's like his hands are, <laughs> are making this, this weird gesture kind of like help me kind of thing yeah it definitely reminds me of of those creepy people with white eyes that you see all the time in horror movies but this is 80s version yeah. of that so it's even creepier <laughs> my first thought when i saw this cover was oh man i'm gonna get so scared <laughs> see that was me as a little kid walking around in this video store Oh no. <laughs> so you imagine thing. <laughs> imagine six year old me walking around this in this darkened room and I come across this thing and I'm like, oh my god, this has got to be the scariest movie ever. <laughs> but little did we know. <laughs> yeah. I mean oddly enough, I never got to see it until I was much older. I think maybe the first time that I saw this movie was like ten years ago. So recently oh, wow yeah, yeah recently i mean as as far as as not in the 90s but maybe sometime like in 2013 or 14 is the first time that i remember watching this movie so yeah i just wanted to share that because that was one of the moments in my life i'm like oh my god this has got to be and i <laughs> there were a couple of times in which my parents wanted to rent it or my brother or something like that and i was like no don't take don't pick this movie this, this looks super scary i don't want to see it no 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i love hearing that <laughs> so man i have such fond memories of, of that place uh, the people there knew us i mean like like i said they my parents knew them so i knew they, they had a boy about my age so i was kind of friends with his um i knew him so Anyways, uh, they had a pretty employee that I liked. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, that, that's my, my memory of me being a little kid. But like I mentioned, I didn't get to see this movie until maybe about 10 years ago. And I was laughing all the way through pretty much. I was like, I can't believe I was so scared of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess as a child, I can imagine just seeing this cover for the first time at six years old and thinking, oh no, I better run. But then again, I was smiling when I was watching Child's Play at five years old. That was the first horror movie I ever saw and I <laughs> loved it. I loved it so much. It was the world to me. It, that was my true love right there. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I can imagine though as, as a child just kind of being afraid of different covers because that's what that's how they get you i think is the covers they're like hey come and watch me <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like that is lost nowadays yeah unfortunately well i mean if you're talking about tinder maybe <laughs> <laughs> Tinder? How, how... <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm like how does Tinder? well i mean i guess people can pretend to be someone they're not on tinder <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, so. I guess like a lot of those catfishes. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> I've never been catfished before, thankfully. So that's good. <laughs> I have been, and it's not nice. But anyways, uh, 
Yeah, so yeah, it, it did lose its meaning behind it, I feel, in a lot of the covers that we have out today in horror. So, yeah. Because it was a different time, of course. I mean, this movie was almost 40 years old, and it, it hurts my back to say that, by the way. <laughs> it's almost yeah. 40 years old. This came out in 85, which made this movie about 38 years old as of right now. Whoa. So, back then, movie rentals was a huge part of a, a movie's success or failure. So, I mean, the movie could be an okay release in the theaters. Maybe it didn't make a lot of money in the theaters, but if enough people rented it, that movie still made money from that. So, they had to come up with a way to grab your attention somehow. As you're walking down the video store... And I'm imagining that a lot of places in the 80s, especially 80s and early 90s, weren't big chains like Blockbuster. Most of those places would be mom and pop shops. And especially in the small towns. So I imagine they would have to be able to come up with a, a cover that would just grab your attention and say, hey, I want to rent this. This movie looks cool or this movie looks scary or whatever. This movie looks funny or whatever kind of movie you're looking for, right? They would create a cover for that movie for that video cassette that would appeal to whatever genre of movie you were looking for and this one for sure nailed it i think it was one of the scariest covers ever made even today i, I think this movie or the cover rather is is pretty scary absolutely agree i think I had found this actually on TV not too long ago, and I'm a huge fan of the 80s horror blood, gore and stuff, and so when I came across this movie, I think I suggested it to you, where I was like, hey, this one looks kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for a future episode, because I've been wanting to watch it, and it's kind of like my bookshelf, with, it has so many horror books, and I just, they're waiting to be opened, like this one was waiting to be watched so and it was the cover that attracted me to this movie um so i was really excited to even watch it and i loved it honestly loved it. <laughs> i'm happy to hear that by the way and just to close off the point that we were discussing right now i feel like today for example Nobody rents movies anymore. You can just watch movies on Netflix or any streaming service you have available. And they do have some sort of like like a cover for it, I guess, if you're going to click on it and watch it. But it's a super small image and you can't even see any details. And it's just like, eh, it's, it's not the same thing. For anyone that is growing up right now, that is a teenager or whatever. Or Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I I'm sorry, but you missed out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to talk down to All love for the Gen Z, though. But yeah, I mean, yeah. they didn't really grow up in Blockbuster. I remember going to Blockbuster all the time and getting fees <laughs> for not returning my movies, for not returning Predator 13. <laughs> yes, I mean, of course, I'm not trying to talk down to them. It's just that you guys missed out on, on what was a really great experience. I mean, families would go and, and rent movies and or teenagers on a date or whatever you're looking for a movie to watch with your date whatever so i don't know it's it's a a very nostalgic image to me but anyways i guess it's time that we finally talk about the movie <laughs> yeah the plot of the movie mariah involves this substance that one day just happens to be found bubbling out of the earth by this old man 
in some sort of like a mining shaft or something like that. And this being the 80s, of course, the first thing this guy does is taste it. <laughs> <laughs> As anyone would. <laughs> I, I mean, I was going to ask you that. Would you, Mariah, if you saw this bubbling white substance in the floor, like coming out of a hole in the floor, mind you, in the ground, would the first thought in your mind be, hmm, I got to taste this thing? Knowing how weird I am, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be your fault that everyone gets gets uh, the stuff in their <laughs> in their fridge. Well, maybe it's more like a warning, like, uh, "Hey, let let the weird one try it," you know, before <laughs> and see how the effects go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't think I would because I'm a very germophobic type of person. I think I'm a risk taker, so huh. when it comes to weird, creepy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so this old man finds this thing bubbling out of the floor, and it just happens to be this apparently delicious treat. He can't stop eating it. He shares it with his friend. And then immediately after, we fast forward, I don't know how many weeks or months into the future, but we fast forward in time a little bit. Because by this point, this thing, which incidentally has been called The Stuff, that's the name of it, that they sell it with, it's being marketed all over the place, on TV, radio, they have huge amounts of it in the stores, and this calls the attention of Chan Chan Chan, the ice cream companies of all things. <laughs> so... Do you think, in real life, companies compete with each other like this? Yes, absolutely. I feel like the entire... I don't know, I guess, what are they called? Like, grocery companies? Or just different companies uh -huh. who try to sell to the market and stuff their new products. Man, it's it's a hard life out there right now. Especially with the eggs right now, how expensive they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine how, um, how competitive it is to try to go a little bit lower than the price of America right now with yeah. the eggs. Um, because due to the fact that there is, um, I think, some type of um, flu or something, I think, happening with um, the farm industry. I'm not sure how true this is. I always thought it was kind of an urban legend, but it may actually be true that there are only a handful of people in the entire world that actually know the secret formula to to how to make Coca-Cola, right? And okay. these people are never allowed to be in the same room together at any time. That just shows that you're hiding something. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> the reasoning for that, Mariah, is that in case, for example, let's say they're traveling in a plane and the plane has an accident and they all perish, they all don't make it, then nobody else in the world knows the secret. Or if they're in a room, for example, having a meeting and there's an earthquake or something and everyone dies in that room, <laughs> then nobody knows how to make Coca-Cola anymore, Right. So that that'll be so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no, how am I gonna get my zero sugar high? <laughs> <laughs> they have an idea how to make the basic, I mean, and that's why you have so many off brands, right? Like the Walmart brand and the HEB brand, whatever. 
Yeah. Oh, which is so good. Mm. Uh huh. So people have an <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people have an idea how to make something close to it, but the exact formula down to the amounts of whatever grams or whatever they use of whatever substances. Supposedly, only maybe like three or four people in the entire world know how to do it, or something like that. So. I think I can kind of relate to that because I feel like if I had a formula, I wouldn't want anyone else to have it. Like, I would rather go in the grave with my formula. So, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. I can understand it. And I bring that up because that's actually part of the plot of the movie. In the sense that the ice cream companies want to investigate this new product called The Stuff because, hey, what is this? Where does it come from? Who makes it? How do they make it? Because allegedly they found out that the FDA, which is the agency that tests new products that are going to be sold for people to, to use and, and eat and stuff like that. In the movie, the FDA approved of this really quickly. And they got it out. So, and they want to find out why and what's in it because the people who sell it don't want to share how they make it. And their protection is that, well, we are using the same law that, that uh, Coca-Cola company uses because they protect their formula. So we are going to use the same law to protect our formula. And actually, they mentioned that in the movie at some point. They hired this guy called, uh, well, they call him Mo in the movie. And by the way, what do you think of Mo? Is he a likable character? I think to an extent, yes. At first, I didn't really get his intentions. So, yeah, it wasn't until the movie voted that I... At first, I thought he had ill intentions, that he was just going after money-wise or trying to... Like those reporters that are just trying to get to the bottom so they can make a great paycheck. Yeah. And that's kind of what I first impressioned first impressions of him were I just I didn't think he was as honest until the end of the movie so yeah he kind of had to warm up to me so. <laughs> you know what I think you're right I agree with you because he seems like the kind of person you're describing he seems like someone who's after money first and first and foremost and I feel like it's not until he finds out this thing is bad for people that he actually starts caring about, hey, we got to stop this somehow. And he's going to investigate the origins of the stuff, how to make it, who makes it, etc. And I think one of the first people he introduces is, is some sort of executive. And he goes to his house and he's got this dog. And the dog looks super scary to begin with. It's this black dog. I think it looks like a Doberman type of dog. I don't know my dog breeds very much, but I think he looks like a Doberman. So he's interviewing this guy, and the whole time he's speaking to the man, the man looks terrified of the dog. I mean, I would be too, just normally, I, I'm not a big dog person, mind you. <laughs> but eventually, Mo fi finds out this guy has a stash of the stuff in his kitchen, and he's been feeding it to his dog. So... This is the first time that we get in the movie that something weird is happening because the dog starts acting really weird. And after Mo leaves, the dog attacks 
the man that owns him and i think he ends up killing him and they don't show it on screen but it's implied i think yeah definitely reminded me of the beyond movie that we reviewed episodes before definitely reminded me of that just the fear of the dog attacking their owner their one who cares for them so that kind of gave me a flashback to that movie beyond oh yeah and this was definitely it's it's always scary when there's a dog involved because dogs are supposed to protect their owners and I would know because I have Samara, which is my baby girl dog, <laughs> a real life dog. So, yeah, this this scene was was very interesting because the way the dog reacts to the stuff it messes with you a little bit. It's because when the scene happens, it's like I, I think Mo at in the beginning he thinks that the guy is, the impression that I got was that the guy was doing harm to the dog. And then as the scene unfolds, it's, you kind of see what happens, so. It's the other way around, the dog is scaring the owner. Yeah, yeah. and it's kind of crazy to think that Mo is thinking, oh man, this guy, what is he doing to this poor dog? At some point, uh, we see the dog attacking the guy and we see the dogs head start changing to something different and the guy is terrified he's on the floor he's trying to hide from the dog but in the end the dog gets to him so i i do think yeah it's it's a very unsettling scene i always have this thing about watching animals attack humans in movies because well especially like, like you said dogs i agree with you the idea is that dogs are supposed to be man's best friend quote unquote and when that is not the case, I always feel kind of like, ugh, that's, that's a little weird for me. I'm happily a cat person, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I love cats so much, too. <laughs> I think cats are cool. but um, So the movie goes on, Mariah. And we meet this child who is the younger uh, son of a couple. He's got an older brother and then his mom and dad. And he sneaks down to the kitchen because he's hungry in the middle of the night one of these days. And he sees how the stuff is moving in the fridge by itself. So, what would happen, Maria, for example, if you walk to your fridge in the middle of the night and you see your yogurt kind of just dancing around in the fridge by itself? And I'd be like, wow, <laughs> what was in that chocolate bar last night? <laughs> what was in that? Somebody drug me? Someone gave you a special brownie. Yeah, I would. I would be flipping out. I mean, I remember one time thinking I saw Transformers and hearing chipmunks. Like in real life. Yes. <laughs> I was just super sugar wasted, and it was not a pretty scene. Um, so now I have, of course, um, as as I'm growing, as not growing older. But getting older, I I tend to um, know my number when it comes to sugar and stuff. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, I would I would be flipping out for sure. I would be like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so this child sees the stuff moving around, 
and he tries to warn his dad, but his dad's like, nah, you're, you're crazy, go back to sleep, whatever. And as the movie goes on, we, we go keep going back to this family. And at some point, the kid goes crazy. Like you said, he, he, he actually goes on a rampage in a local supermarket. So he goes to the store, and he's walking around. And he sees his child eating the stuff, and he just knocks it out of his hands. And I thought that was hilarious for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is really weird how that happens. It's like, what is yeah, going on here? Because the, the kid's mom, the, the one that's eating the stuff... Like, what are you doing, child? Leave my, leave my kid alone, whatever. And it's like, no, he can't eat that. And he just, like, knocks it out of the, child, the kid's hand. It's, it's pretty funny. Because then he runs away. And he gets this, I don't know, like a broom or something. And he starts knocking down all the, the displays for the stuff. Because, again, it's everywhere. They have this this stuff by, by, like, the gallons, right? They have all these containers of it all over the stores. And so he starts knocking everything down with his broomstick, whatever. And... I don't know why it takes about four or five grown men to control a child. Yeah, that is really <laughs> weird how that happens. In the movie, like the, the kid's going on this rampage, and it takes literally four or five grown men to to subdue him, to to like bring him down. So I'm like, that's a little bit unbelievable. <laughs> but I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. Sure. But I, I guess he reacted like like you say you would he flipped out so he literally went to the store and just knocked everything down <laughs> i thought that was a pretty hilarious scene by the way i don't know about you of course absolutely i just <laughs> i just picture myself just being crazy on sugar and just i've had family when i was younger kind of calm me down where they take away my dr pepper and be like chill out <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think it's 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 a real thing because I'm four six and three quarters tall. Mm -hmm. So I think it just hits you different when you're so short. I mean, it's kind of like giving thousands of chocolate to a ten year old, yeah. and them just going crazy for the whole night long, <laughs> <laughs> and then falling asleep later. And that's kind of how it felt. Um, I remember this actually happened in college too. Somebody took away my Dr. Pepper because they said that I was being too funny. <laughs> I needed to chill out. So yeah, I can definitely see this happening to me. Um, and also, we're talking about children here too. So I, I can relate to that. <laughs> you know, I'm not a child <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Just stuck in the, you know, physical, I guess. <laughs> You're stuck in a, in a, in a small body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I don't think I've ever been that high on sugar, to be honest. I don't think. Oh, really? Yeah. I've gotten to the point where, where I'm kind of disgusted by what I'm eating. <laughs> like, if I have too much sugar, I'm like, well, I gotta stop eating this. This is way too much. I feel like my head is a little dizzy, or I get a little dizzy. But I've never been, I don't think, high on sugar. But... This happens to this kid in the movie, right? He he goes crazy because he sees... Or he doesn't go crazy. He goes on a rampage of some, some sort. And eventually, his family becomes possessed by this thing or, or overcome by the stuff to the point that they're trying to force him to eat it. He tries to run away and they bring him back in. And they're like, no, go to your room and finish this pint of stuff and, and don't come down until you finish it. <laughs> so he goes up there 
and he actually sneaks to the restroom and he fills it up with shaving cream, which is kind of gross, actually. <laughs> and he starts eating the shaving cream in front of his parents to, to in front of his parents to make them think he's eating the stuff. And then he he finally gets to run away, and that's how he ends up meeting Mo because he's running away from his parents and his brother. And Mo, by this point, has heard about this kid getting arrested from the supermarket rampage. So he tracks him down, and he's trying to find him, and he just so happens to be running, running away from his parents at this point. And Mo picks him up and takes him away. That whole sequence made me feel like I was watching a Twilight Zone episode. Do you ever see that show? Yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it so much. So this movie is, is kind of like a whole bunch of genres melded up into one because the first part, like the, the first maybe 20 minutes of the movie, it's this whole like investigative thing where Mo is interviewing people and trying to find out where the stuff is coming from, stuff like that. And then this sequence with the child, I forgot his name, sorry, <laughs> with the kid, that whole sequence feels like something out of a Twilight Zone episode. If any of you guys have never seen that show, out there if you're a little bit too young <laughs> uh <laughs> not that i'm old mind you. i mean this show was around before i was even born mind you so i think it was made like in the 60s but yeah i was able to catch some reruns on tv because uh on late night tv and on, on public access and basically the whole idea of the twilight zone was that situations in which people found themselves that took them away from their everyday life and put them in a place that was not normal for them. So this, Mariah, I mean, you said you watched the show. Did it give you that impression also? I would say so because of the little kid running away and then having another person pick them up. It, it did give me that outer experience. Uh -huh. Or maybe like the outer feeling. limits. Yeah, The Outer Limits, too, is also a good show, too. But Twilight Zone did come out in the 1959. Okay. Outer Limits, I know they did, like, a different... They did several years, um, even tried doing a kind of like a sequel or like a... Yeah, in the 80s, I think. In the 80s, yeah. But, yeah, I would say it's kind of like in between both of those, the Twilight Zone, The Outer Limits. The Outer Limits um, came out in the 60s. And then again in the 80s. So, yeah, it's definitely a mix between those two. I'm talking about the way the the scenes were shot because at some point, the kid is being pressured by all three of his family members, his brother, his parents. And they're all looking at him like, come on, eat this. You, you, you can be like us. You can be like we are. Join us. Kind of, so it gave me the, this, this whole, also like a body snatcher type of thing. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Um, no, I don't think I have, but I've heard of the story, and yes, I definitely agree. It it, def it definitely has that great storyline behind it. By this point, Mo has met the person who happens to be a, a very attractive lady that is responsible for the promotional work behind the stuff. So the, the advertising campaign person. It's a, a lady, and... Did you catch the songs that, that were played throughout the movie, promoting the stuff? Those things were catchy. Yes, they were. I <laughs> absolutely loved it. 
the songs they made for for the for the movie as commercial jingles for the stuff are amazing. <laughs> I got them in my in my head right now. And, <laughs> and the models oh, at that oh, time, yeah. just beautiful. Ah, oh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, they had that scene with with the catwalk and the models eating the stuff, and of course, this being the '80s, the models were super pretty and dressed in like. Uh, leopard <laughs> yeah fur coats and everything so <laughs> man the 80s were a, a special time in our lives for sure a different time for sure <laughs> yeah and just like how they were looking at the camera while eating the stuff <laughs> yeah very suggestive it's it's so different from today it's like whoa what what's going on here <laughs> yeah but it was it was it was really great to see um, and yeah, the promoter of it all was amazing too, mm -hmm. what she was doing. Once again, this plays into like the real life stuff that I want to talk about because when you go buy something in the store, you, people are drawn to like different people, mind you, are drawn to different colors and shapes and everything, which is yeah. why, I mean, I, I studied psychology in college. And while I'm not a specialist, mind you, I'm not an expert. But one of my classes, I do remember they told us some of the ideas behind advertising. So we talked about some of the stuff that happens. And what happens, Mariah, is that I'm not sure if you knew this, but big companies like, once again, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, um, restaurants like Kentucky Fried Chicken, stuff like that. They do the research with as far as... Um, their marketing stuff so they invest a sick amount of money trying to find out how to make creative commercials to attract people to, to consume their products and not only that but presentation wise logos the fonts they use for the for the letters for the words um, the colors they use how bright they are so we're seeing this in the ad campaign for the stuff. The the ladies going all out with the models and they're super pretty and they're wearing this uh, skimpy clothing and they're looking also suggestive as they're And the different it. colors that are yeah. used too. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's a real. Uh-huh. So that's also something that actually does happen in real life. So have you ever bought something on a whim because you thought the package looked cool? Yes, I have. <laughs> Way too many times. <laughs> I just think, oh my, that's so attractive looking. I need it in my life right now. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of marketing, and it's funny because I, I do marketing too. So I know what to do when it comes to the audience trying to purchase. <laughs> Of course, um, packages or houses for that matter, because that's what I do. <laughs> um, I, I, I do social media, so it is a very competitive thing, but you do want to stand out. That's that's like the number one go is standing out. So I do feel this movie did deliver that in their marketing strat strategies and stuff. It was definitely speaking to the audience and be like, hey, you need this. You need this in your life right now. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't mind me asking, what is your thought process? Maybe just give us like a couple of things that you think about when you're creating uh, something that you want people to be attracted to. 
I would definitely say it has to be like how it comes out in the picture and how it um, looks and also and I also kind of look at it like if I were a customer would I buy it try to make it as attractive as possible for buyers to purchase so yeah I, I think it has to do with the picture and how you picture stuff and uh -huh. how you um, introduce products to the audience and make sure that it looks as attractive as it would be in person. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of like the the thing behind it. It helps, and I honestly I have gotten a lot of things in my life um, from stores or online that looks super attractive, and then getting in person, <laughs> I'm like, wow, I look so fine right now <laughs> in these um, like. Um, face mask <laughs> like it's it's like freddy krueger <laughs> face mask but uh, hey I, I look pretty nice so yeah yeah well it looked good in the picture so it, the, the freddy krueger mask didn't catfish me so that's all that matters but, yeah <laughs> that's awesome so that kind of thing does happen in real life and anyone out there that's listening that actually works in something that pertains to this I guess that's part of their job too, as you're mentioning. But isn't that crazy how that, that kind of stuff can manipulate people into buying stuff that maybe you don't really need, but you, you hey, that, that, that package looks awesome, or those chips look really good, and or that Coke or that drink, whatever, looks awesome. Like, I gotta buy it. And that's how that kind of thing works. It's crazy. It's some sort of like mass manipulation thing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's like mind control. <laughs> <laughs> If it looks good on picture, it's like, oh, you got to have it in person. Like for me, like the face mask, I'm like, oh, pretty horror mask. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> and speaking about that, I, I just, I'm holding that can of beer that I'm drinking right now. And that's the reason why I bought it, because it looks cool. And does it taste as cool as it, the it's picture? It's actually a really good beer. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it right now. That's good. Yeah, and I, I think... That's what it comes down to is like how it appears on the picture. It's like, if it's good looking, maybe, uh -huh. maybe I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, and it appealed to me because me as a Mexican, this looks like something from my culture. It looks like Dia de Muertos skeletons. So I'm like, this beer looks really good. And it, it, it looks like something that I'm familiar with. So I got to buy this. And... Yes, Viva Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Mexican too. So yeah, I uh -huh. get that. <laughs> so... I mean, those are some of the things that we, we're talking about this, obviously, because it's mentioned in, in the movie. And I read something with, with uh, that they interviewed the director of this movie. And he said that, if I remember correctly, part of his intention was to show how things like this work in real life. So do, do you think he succeeded? Yes, absolutely. Because, yeah, he, like, you know, that, that whole ad campaign, and then as the movie goes on, you see more places having the stuff, and they actually open stores that literally only sell the stuff. So, like, a, some sort of, like, an ice cream shop, for example, that's only dedicated to sell the stuff, and Mo's driving around, and it's like, man, it's 2 in the morning, and they're still buying this, and there's, like, a line of people to buy this. So... I mean, of course, the other, the other thing is that the stuff actually takes over your mind and makes you want to eat it more, so. 
uh, that's a whole other thing. But but uh, the director did mention that yeah, like some of his inten his intention was to show how we are affected by product placement, by advertising, stuff like that. So I think he was pretty successful in that. And as far as the story goes, time goes on, and Mo and his his lady friend rescue the boy, as we mentioned. And they're able to find the headquarters for the, the stuff where they make it. They sneak in with the pretense that they're there to investigate and to do more advertising. And they want to involve the workers. And they ask him, well, I want to see the room where the stuff is, is created. They're like, oh, no, man, this is a secret. We, we can't show you that. So... <laughs> <laughs> eventually, Mo and the lady are able to steal a chunk of the stuff and they escape from the, the factory or whatever because they are caught or they, they find out who they really are. Oh no, but is this before the hotel scene? Because the hotel scene was pretty freaky. Oh no, that happened I think before. We haven't so, talked about that, right? The hotel was after. No, we haven't talked about the hotel. <laughs> that one was creepy, man. <laughs> that was the, like the one scene in the movie that, I thought, okay, this is like a horror scene, like for sure. Yeah, not like super 100% horror, but it was just freaky. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> so it was just so really great. The people in the factory arrange for Mo and the lady to stay in this hotel room. And <laughs> it's not a very nice hotel. It kind of looks like a weird uh, one night stand kind of place, <laughs> if you ask me. But they're there. And at some point in the middle of the night, their pillows start leaking the stuff. How creepy is that? <laughs> I would flip out if I was like in bed <laughs> and this like white stuff was like leaking off the pillow. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What's going on here? I don't remember this. <laughs> like, am I in the Twilight Zone? <laughs> <laughs> that can have so many weird connotations and I, I do not want to go into that, but. Uh, <laughs> it is it is really creepy i have to agree yes. i would be flipping out in person <laughs> so not only the pillows but also the mattress starts leaking the stuff and, yes. and at some point <laughs> that's where i was i was cracking up so hard <laughs> and at some point this guy breaks in and tries to kill them too and well, before that happens, some of the stuff goes into Mo's face, kind of like the face hugging an alien. So yeah. it just covers his entire face, and he's trying to get it off his face like he can't. He's, he can't breathe, whatever. So <laughs> the lady figures out, yeah, I can burn this thing. So he burn, she burns it off his face. <laughs> At first, I thought she was gonna kill him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> isn't it gonna affect his skin somehow? Like, if it's gonna burn right through it. Uh, wow, yeah, that, that was a, a weird scene for sure. So the guy breaks in and tries to kill them too. And then he's overcome by the stuff because he, he actually gets attacked by it. And the stuff kind of just pins him to the wall. And he's kind of like just like, ah, whatever. And the stuff's kind of just pouring out into the wall. And, <laughs> and it, it's just a really surreal scene to watch. And then Mo burns everything down. But, Mariah, I have a, a piece of trivia for you. Okay. You have watched the mo the original Nightmare on Elm Street, have you not? Yes. Yes, I have. 
And you know that room that they use for the, that girl, the, the death scene in which the girl's floating in the air? So the way they made that scene happen was they had this room that would spin around so that people could walk on the, on the ceiling, quote-unquote. That room is the same room that was used to make this scene in this movie. That's insane. Like, what a crazy... I mean, props to living horror <laughs> <laughs> and honoring that classic beautiful movie mm -hmm. but wow that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing to hear i didn't know this and i was just kind of reading some notes about this movie and i was like wow it's pretty neat that that same room from the freddy krueger movie was used for this scene in this shot I wonder how they were able to kind of do that. Um, oh, that I don't know. I did read something about that where I was really confused as to how they were able to use it as like moving up and down the wall. Probably camera, camera angles. All that I know for sure is that that room could be spun, like they, they can spin it around. So, oh. so the entire room could, could, uh, was flipped by some sort of machine that would make it spin around so the roof could end up being the floor, for example. Wow. That's so amazing to capture uh -huh. all on camera and stuff. Man, that is so cool. I would have loved to just be like front seat and just like be behind <laughs> scenes just seeing all this happen. <laughs> that would be oh, such a dream. I think I would enjoy participating in a, in a horror movie crew also just kind of to watch some of the magic happen behind the scenes but it had to be maybe like an 80s horror film mind you <laughs> yes absolutely not, 80s is uh -huh. hands down the best decade <laughs> in horror not the new I'd ones because the new ones use a lot of cgi so nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this movie as we continue on this episode this movie screams the 80s oh, as yeah. we yeah, unfold sure. here in a little bit yeah, and actually there was a scene that made me really nostalgic for the 80s. And there was a scene in which Mo is walking around the town and it's all deserted. And he runs across this uh, this guy. I, th I think it's, he's called Chocolate Chip Charlie or something like that. <laughs> 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 so I have no idea why that movie made me, or that scene rather, made me so nostalgic. Because he's walking around and it's like a small town. And there's nobody there, so it's like, hey, that looks like an 80s movie. Like, I mean, of course, it's, it's, it's an 80s movie, but what I'm trying to say is it reminded me of the movies that I would watch when I was a kid because they looked just, they had a, a really similar feel to that scene, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, going back to the whole part about the, the Mo and the lady and the boy, they're in the factory and they escape, they steal the truck with the stuff, and then... This is where the movie gets even weirder, if that's even possible. To me, at least. Mo takes them to this person who claims to be some sort of a, a colonel, but I don't think he's really a colonel in the army, I think. These people are some sort of like a fringe, um, like survivalist type of cult <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Because they're all decked out in military uniforms. They all have these huge weapons, rifles, whatever. And 
the quote-unquote colonel lives in, in this bell tower. <laughs> so it's like some sort of like super movie villain or something like that, or, or like movie superhero movie villain. He lives in this huge clock tower and he's up there in the top by himself and just kind of watching everything happen. And it's like... <laughs> so Mo asks for his help. He, t he tells him that the people that make this stuff are communists. And this guy, of course, being uh, this huge military person, he hates communists. And... If you're not too familiar with... with <laughs> like, for context... For a long time, and even now, mind you, in modern day, the number one enemy in the U.S. were the communists, which were people that, you know, the Russians, the Chinese, etc. And this movie was made before the fall of the Soviet Union. So that was another huge thing that the director was trying to, to show, how... Sometimes people were overcome with this irrational fear of somebody trying to come in and taking over the country and trying to convert American people to whatever ways they have in their own countries. So now let me ask you this, Maria. I don't know if I'm if I'm talking too nerdy here for you. But do you think that people are afraid of, of what is different from them? To an extent, yes. I absolutely agree. I feel like there are people out there that... They... I guess... I guess maybe... I feel like it's kind of... It goes both ways. Like, yeah, there are people afraid to kind of give their own opinion about things or how this world should be. Mm -hmm. And then there's others that are just very scared, but also kind of want you to see how they see the world in their eyes. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Um, because I think that's another thing that I read about the director um, in that little interview that I read. He said that, yeah... That's one of the things that was going on in the world at that point. People were super scared of political tensions and this and that. And they blamed the communists for this and that. So I think that's that's something else. So <laughs> it's really hard to categorize this movie because it seems like every 20 minutes it changes genre. Or it changes whatever it wants to focus on. And for that yeah. specific part of the movie where Mo goes and enlists the help of this military cult, whatever they are. It now seems like a political thriller movie, whatever. <laughs> so they go into the factory and what they find is that the workers in the factory have all somehow ended their own, their own lives. So instead of getting captured or interrogated, they kind of, when they break into the factory with all these weapons and everything, they find that everyone's already dead and on the inside. So, I bring up this whole thing about, you know, the Soviet Union, whatever, because one of the things that people talked about back then is that whenever somebody was sent as a spy into a different country, 
their one of their top priorities was do not get captured. Ooh. So that way, if they, you know, they can't catch you, and you can't, they can't force you to talk about where you're from, who who you work for, etc. And I don't know how true this is, mind you. I'm just talking about from what I've read in the past. But allegedly, some people that were spies, when they knew they were about to get caught, they would do this. They would take their own lives, somehow. So that's something that this guy put in this movie. And again, it's, it's really weird. And it almost seems like it makes no sense, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but I think he was trying to show something that was going on in those times. I don't know if, he, if this part specifically was successful, but he was trying to do it. But... What do you think about that, that military dude, the, the leader? It's kind of weird, no? You're talking about the guy that was interested in the girl, right? Yeah, the guy in the clock tower. The okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I was just making sure because he seemed very interested. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, he was. Um, he was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did like him in some way because, well, maybe because I'm just... A sucker for love <laughs> and just how he saw her <laughs> like those eyes i don't like, think it was oh. love Mariah, but okay <laughs> I, mean, you like I don't her, know but... well yeah i think i think it was more like i don't know i just i just felt like oh maybe he likes her like it's so cute <laughs> i mean he liked her for, but yeah i don't know if he loved her yeah, well, I guess, yeah, I guess he liked her. But, yeah, I just, I think I liked that the most. Other than that, he did kind of give me, like, creepy vibes. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I was like, this man cannot be trusted. <laughs> but um, the other part was seeing him kind of like her, and I was just like, oh, that's cute. I like that. <laughs> like i mean come on in a horror movie like that's that's kind of cool i know it's not like everyone's favorite but it's kind of cool <laughs> to see like some romance you know that is yeah i don't mean to judge you but that's kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean i am kind of weird so, in general <laughs> so i mean obviously the guy was interested in her but i don't think he wanted to marry her or date her i think he just wanted you know the the basic human <laughs> need <laughs> let's just say Pro he, probably let's say you yeah. wanted to take a nap with her let's just put it that way uh <laughs> i don't want to get too graphic in this but yeah he was kind of creepy i i thought when he was trying to hit on her i was like well this guy's a little weird trying to hit on her and uh, he kind of looks like he was he was old enough to be her dad and everything but anyways <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Yeah, I totally saw it so different. Yeah. <laughs> than like dudes do, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> like a Hallmark movie. I first say there, I've never watched a Hallmark movie. I don't think I ever will. But <laughs> oh, this is like the, the, the closest I'll get to a Hallmark movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hallmark movies are like the, the, I have seen a couple, by the way. And, and, uh, Oh, you have? Oh, no. <laughs> I have. I mean, I, I've been made to watch some of these movies by people that I'm dating at specific times in my life. But... Did you like it? I like one of them. I, I'm gonna... 
catch some flack for this, but I did like one of them. Oh and, no! <laughs> and it's because I thought the girl was so pretty, the one that was playing the. the... Should we have gone to the dark side? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's okay. You're not in there anymore. You're don't not hate stuck me. In there. <laughs> don't hate me. But hey, I mean, if it's a pretty girl, it's it's, it's totally cool. Yeah, <laughs> Just like, because oh uh, yeah, probably too. And, and it was wow, a Christmas story too. It, it was a Christmas story too. So I mean, come on. I was, I was, yeah, I mean, I was eating tamales and stuff. So, okay, I was in the mood for Christmas stuff, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's, if it's a pretty girl, it's like, ah, oh, it's cool, dude. It's totally but, cool. I mean, yeah. Those movies are basically the same story. Like, someone falls in love with someone that they would never meet in real life. And somehow they, they go through a couple of hardships, but in the end, they all get, they, they end up getting married or something like that. So, it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that blows my mind <laughs> with like the marriage part. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't think this was that serious. <laughs> <laughs> I just met you like two weeks ago, dude. Come on, like, chill. Like, I just thought you were hot in your profile picture. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> something a bit that way, but oh, that man. does happen in real life. So. Yeah. Um, I guess it does. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we definitely did see the interaction between that the general dude and that lady quite differently, Mariah. Anyways, um, the movie's about to end at this point, and they're able to make another commercial or, or some sort of announcement that the stuff is toxic to people, that it's bad, that it's taking over your people's minds and making them do evil things. And... The girl says, people believe us because I guess we were telling the truth, whatever. Now, at the very, very end, Mo goes and finds this old executive person that, that uh, he owned the company that, that uh, packaged the stuff and, and sold it. And instead of learning his lesson, he's already planning to mix the stuff with real ice cream to make it safer i guess for people to eat basically to me well actually let, let me ask you first before i say my my piece here but i want to ask you what do you think of that when someone apparently doesn't learn their lesson and they want to keep doing what they're doing and and, and they know that it's evil personally i don't think i would have done this in real life <laughs> if it was me <laughs> but it does happen on the black market <laughs> um, and i know this because i watched too many documentaries <laughs> in my life um but yeah it's just it's kind of I don't know. I don't know if it's like a rush that people get, like doing something that you know is bad, but they're like, oh, I gotta, gotta do it or gotta have more or get this stuff. In, in a way, I would, I would see it a little differently because I'm obsessed with chocolate ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... I would do anything for chocolate ice cream. Like, I would maybe, I mean, I don't think I would go to the black market for chocolate ice cream, but. Hey, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if it tastes that good, maybe. I don't know. But um, it does come down to chocolate ice cream. And I do love chocolate ice cream. So. I wouldn't do it, but I'm pretty sure if there was, if this was like another universe. And I was desperate for chocolate ice cream. I may do it. 
you would actually go to the black market and buy like uh, chocolate ice cream. Let's say, for example, you found out that something that was bad for you was in it, and they stopped selling it in stores because hey, we, we gotta stop selling it while we figure out what's going on with this, and we're not gonna let, let's just give an imaginary timeline here like okay so we found out that it's gonna take us about two years to be able to make this ice cream again right would you be able to put up with that or would you actually go into the black market for <laughs> chocolate ice cream um knowing me i would probably okay you've heard of like smokers like getting patches oh yeah and stuff okay i would probably do something similar to that to control <laughs> <laughs> to control my obsession with chocolate ice cream but um no, I don't think I would go that far, but it'll be fun to think about it. But I don't think I really would, just because I don't want to go to like jail or anything. <laughs> you get caught. But so, I can see somebody doing that. Yeah. So, uh, in the movie, Mo catches these guys trying to find a way to remarket the stuff. He forces them to eat it, and they get addicted to it. And then at the very end, we see actually some people buying the stuff in the black market so it's like i don't know i guess it, it speaks to to how something can become a part of you you can't just get rid of it so yeah i guess i guess it's probably like crazy obsession uh-huh that you just get super addicted to and you just can't stop or the voices don't stop <laughs> <laughs> um the ring there movie that's that's a line like the voices don't <laughs> stop <laughs> um but yeah i can kind of see that like somebody being super obsessed and just wanting to go the extra mile luckily i don't think i'm addicted to anything or, or into anything that much i mean i like drinking but that's cool. <laughs> but I mean, I could go a few weeks without drinking if I had to. I wouldn't have a good time. <laughs> but... I don't know if I have an addiction. I mean, my addiction is probably dolls. If, yeah. And Halloween. Oh man, yeah. Halloween. If I didn't, if I didn't have Halloween and dolls, I think my life would be boring. It would be ex exciting, I guess, uh -huh. or as exciting. I guess for me, it would be music. Yeah, that would that would drive someone insane. I yeah. can definitely see that them going to the black market to get the stuff. <laughs> All right, Maria, is there anything else you might want to add before we move on to our scores for the evening? Um, no, I don't think so. I actually did, but you stole it away from me. So oh, that's fine. I do want to say this is a fun movie for like date night with your partner just want to like chill and stuff and also laugh and just not take it so serious because this one isn't as super serious where you like super have to pay attention to this is i guess pre-netflix and chill so mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty cool all right it's like get to you know pg-13 very okay. very good let's go on to the score shall we how many creepy ice cream cones or what <laughs> out of 10 do we give the stuff out of out of 10 i want to give it in a seven a seven okay i agree with you i give this a seven also the movie is not one of the best movies i've seen it's not one of my favorites but i do think it's fun to watch every now and then so 
I, I recommend that. It's not a bad movie. It's it's like you said, it's fun. It's entertaining, but you got to go into it with the mindset that, hey, it's not going to be a serious movie. It's going to be kind of campy. It's going to be cheesy. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, Lord. I mean, this is a good film to watch with your friends if you're, like, having, like, a friend sleepover with, like, group of friends. Like, this is hilarious. <laughs> and if you're into horror, this is so good for that type uh-huh. of night. Okay, so now to the villain, the stuff. How many skulls out of ten does the stuff get? How scary is it? I want to say, like, a negative three. <laughs> <laughs> if I could, I would. That would but I'll the... probably give it a maybe a one. <laughs> that would be the first time ever that it gets negative skulls. Like, anyone, any of the, the co-hosts that I've had in this podcast have given negative skulls to something. Why is it negative three? Um, I would say it's not, it's not really, like, super villain. I mean, it's, it's like whipped cream. Like, how is whipped cream so bad for you? Like, it's so tasty. Like, you can put that on ice cream, on coffee. I mean, like, everything's gonna taste good, man. So, I don't know what you're doing wrong. Okay, so never mind the fact that it can take over your mind and make your body explode at some point. If that's a good feeling, then why not? <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, but, so just yeah. for the record, are you sticking to negative three or to one? I'm going to stick to one since this okay. this is real life. But I'll give it a one. Okay. <laughs> if I could, I, I would give it a negative three. So off the record, it's negative three, but on the record, it's one. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go with... I'm going to give it a, a three. Not a four, a three. A positive three. It is... Like you said, like whipped cream or, or ice cream or whatever, but it can take over your mind and it can make your body blow up. So uh, it seems to be somewhat intelligent because it can move around. So it's kind of sneaky, but not very dangerous if you know what you're going up against. I don't think. That would conclude my Royale episode on the stuff. And I had a great time speaking about this movie with you. Thank you once again for joining me. Of course. Thank you for thank you so much for having me. And we have no idea what's going on for next week, are we? Or do we? Um, I think I have a couple ideas, actually. And hopefully some people soon. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to get back to me as far as being a guest. I haven't heard back from them, so hopefully they're okay. But in case that we don't, because their schedule doesn't permit them joining us, then we can always keep going, because that's what we do here. So, <laughs> okay, I want to thank everyone that took time to listen to our episode about the movie The Stuff. If you are listening on a service that allows you to score our podcast, by all means, give us the, the, the top score because we deserve it. We are cool like that. And make sure to also check out our Linktree page, which is linktree.com slash mythsbehindLGDS, in which you can find links to all of our social media accounts like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. And if you ever find yourself wondering about a grocery store and you come across a sentient form of cream or stuff that looks like cream for that matter, <laughs> stay away from that. So that's going to be all once again for us here at EMBO. And until we see you on the next one, have a good one. <laughs>